We continue our study on the life of David. We're in 1 Samuel chapter number 18 today. 1 Samuel chapter number 18 for some of our text. As we continue the study of this young man called David. <clears throat> I wonder if there's someone in your life that you love more than anybody else. Someone was showing me old photographs a little while ago from 60 years ago. And there were pictures taken at my grandparents' house at a 4th of July picnic. And Grandma always invited people from all over, not just family, but it was a family event, so that all my cousins were there. And there was 20 cousins and the younger ones were always playing hide-and-seek or something or other. The older ones playing baseball out in the road. And there was lots of food and lots of laughter and a lot of fun. As we went through those old pictures, I was looking for a picture of me. And finally, there was a picture of a few adults sitting together, and I was in that picture. And no other kids but me and a few adults I wasn't playing kids game or baseball, I was standing next to Uncle Ed. And there was always a strong attraction between Uncle Ed and me. At 14, I moved to his farm. I lived with him for a year. He was always talking to me like an adult, no matter what age I was, teaching me, pushing me, motivating me. And I guess I could say, he was my favorite person. After that, when I got married, my family went to visit Uncle Ed for summer vacation for 20 years in a row. And the only reason it ended was that he died in 1999. And I went and I did his funeral service. There was a kindred spirit between us. Even though we were 50 years apart, it was something you couldn't explain sort of a natural bond. And when he was old, he came to this church a couple times. And he told me over and over, you're doing a good thing. <laughs> and when someone told him that he'd been a good influence over me, he said, well, maybe that much. He said. That's how he answered. In our text today, we come across something very rare. And it is written in a way that sets it apart from much of what we read about David's life. Now you recall last week we saw this teenage boy respond to the challenge of a massive giant of a man named Goliath. And we saw David running across the valley towards the giant with a stick in one hand and a slingshot in the other. And when Goliath defied the armies of the living God... David sunk a stone into his forehead with a slingshot, and Goliath fell down dead. David climbed on top of the giant, took Goliath's own sword, and cut his head off, and held it up for all to see. And both armies witnessed the amazing event. The Philistine army fled in terror, and the Israelite army pursued in victory. And finally, after the victory is won... David goes back to King Saul's camp. And on his way home, after the battle, the ladies 
met the army and sang a song. So we're in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18. I'm looking at verse number 6. It came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets, with joy, with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth. And the saying displeased him. And he said, they've ascribed unto David ten thousands. But to me they have described but thousands. What can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day forward. Saul's response to the whole thing was jealousy of David. And you know that Saul has a vile temper and a bad attitude. And so King Saul's response to David, victory is all negative. But what would you expect from a man abandoned by God? But once again, the author gives us a stark contrast, an opposite reaction that stands out as a wonder and an amazement as you read the text. 1 Samuel 18, beginning at verse 1. came to pass when he made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as he loved his own soul. Saul has a son named Jonathan. Now remember, when that big Goliath defied the armies of Israel, everyone was afraid to go and meet the giant. And even Jonathan was afraid to go meet Goliath. But when he watched David go out to meet the giant, well, Jonathan felt a whole new feeling. He was inspired by David. David's fearless faith made Jonathan's heart soar. In excitement, he comes to meet David after the battle, and he hangs on his every word, and he drinks up the faith and the spirit of young David. And it says, Jonathan's soul was knitted to David's soul. Like different color threads are knitted together into a tapestry until one can exist without the other. They had a common interest. They shared a common faith. They both believed in God. You see, my friends, the singing women who sang out, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands, they were wrong. It was God who gave David the courage and the faith to believe that he would actually kill the giant. It was God who created that moment in history. It was God who prepared David for the battle by sending both a lion and a bear. And the song should have been, God has given Israel the victory. The ladies were wrong. Saul didn't grasp that fact. But both David and Jonathan knew that God had made it so. 
And because they believed in God, their souls were knitted together. Now, my friends, that's as good a glue as you can ever find. A shared faith in God is a bond that will last forever. And then it repeats another phrase about Jonathan's love for David. It says that Jonathan loves David as he loves his own soul. Now, if you recall, it was Jesus who said the first great commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Jonathan loves David, it says, as he loves his own soul. Now, my friends, let me ask you, is it right to love yourself? Yes. It's a natural response that God put in us when he created us. We all have a natural desire to be happy. We all want to avoid pain. We all want to feel comfortable. We eat to please ourselves. We take care of our needs. We see to our own desires. We try to do things that are pleasant for us to do. But love is measured by how much we do that for others. Do we seek to comfort others? Do we seek to meet other people's needs? Do we try to make other people happy? Do we go out of our way to please other people? The question arises, how far do we go to comfort and please and meet other people's needs? And Jesus gives the answer, do as much for them as you do for yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus put it, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Jonathan wants the best for David. He loves David, so he's willing to do anything for David that he would do for himself. So Jonathan says to David, let's make a covenant. Sort of a contract, but a little more than that. A holy agreement between the two of us. I'll do anything for you, anything in my power to help you, to support you. I will do anything to see to your well-being. I swear before God, I will give you the shirt off my back. I will give you my sleep to pray for you. I will give you my protection. I will give you my all. And David agreed, I will do the same for you, Jonathan. And the two men, it says, loved each other with a bond that was strong and true. But the best is yet to come. Verse 4. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him, gave it to David, and his garments even to his sword, to his bow, and to his girdle. Now remember, Jonathan is King Saul's son. And that makes Jonathan the crown prince of Israel. He's all set to be the next king over God's people. 
and a more true-hearted, faithful, deserving crown prince there never was. But Jonathan, it says, took off his royal robes. Now David is dressed in shepherd's clothing. He's got a staff in his one hand, got a bag of stones around his waist, and a slingshot tied to his belt. A shepherd boy in shepherd's attire. But now Jonathan takes off his royal robe and gives it to David. And it says he's got an inner garment that he takes off, gives that to David. And then he says to David, lay aside the staff, here's my bow. And lay aside the slingshot, here's my sword. And Jonathan strips himself of all his finest and gives it all to David. What are they? Those are the symbols of the kingdom. Jonathan stands now with nothing. Robe and gown underneath it. Sword and bow all given to David. And Jonathan says, I promise to give you my support. And you now have all the signs of the prince of Israel. They belong to you. And so it was Jonathan gave away his crown because he loved David. What an unselfish love that was. What a higher, deeper love than you see anywhere else in the Old Testament. Jonathan loved David as he loved his own soul. And that love is unrivaled until Jesus came and took off his clothes and exchanged his crown for a crown of thorns and gave up his garment for sinners like us. The Roman soldiers gambled for his cloak underneath the cross when he was crucified. Jesus laid aside his crown for sinners like you and me. In unselfish love, he took up the cross of a common criminal. There's an old song. What wondrous love is this, O my soul, O my soul, what wondrous love is this, O oh, my soul? What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to lay aside his crown for my soul? Jonathan, like Jesus, gave up his crown to his friend David. King Saul will behave quite differently. Verse number 10 of chapter 18. Came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the midst of the house. David played with his hand at other times and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. Saul cast the javelin for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. 
and David avoided out of his presence. They tried to kill David and the jealousy. And over and over he will try to kill David over and over and over until David flees and he's hiding out in the woods afraid for his life. Afraid what King Saul will do if he gets the chance. And then Jonathan will come to him. And we're in chapter 23 of 1 Samuel. Chapter 23 of 1 Samuel. Looking at verse number 14. David abode in the wilderness in strongholds. And remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day. But God delivered him not into his hand. David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose, went to David in the wood, and strengthened his hand in God. And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee. Thou shalt be king over Israel, and I will be next unto thee that Saul my father knoweth. Notice Jonathan, it says, strengthen David's hand in God. Or he said, David, don't despair. God is with you, and so am I. God is your helper, and he'll be your strength. You will be king, and I will serve next to you. Why did he say that? Because David's faith was wavering. And running for your life and hiding in caves and in the woods will do that for you. Jonathan comes to help strengthen David's faith. Now, in a tragic thing, David, or Jonathan, will die in a battle. And David talks about his friend Jonathan after he's dead. 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 25. 2 Samuel 1, 25. Here's Jonathan's comments. David's comments about Jonathan. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of battle, O Jonathan? Thou wast slain in thy high places. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. David describes Jonathan's love as surpassing the love of of women. Now God has made it so that the deepest, richest relationship that we normally have is love between a husband and a wife. And that is a relationship that God set up so we could be helpers to each other, husband and wife, and that they would become bound together in love. And as Jesus puts it, to become one with each other, two shall become one person. But David said, more than the love of a woman, a deeper love and a stronger bond than David ever had with a wife. Jonathan gave away his own self for David No longer the crown prince, he became the son of a madman. He died uselessly in a battle brought about by King Saul. He gave away his life. My friends, Jesus also gave away his life. He gave away his reputation. 
He gave away his blood in a love that surpasses the love of women. Jesus poured out his soul even unto death. A deeper love than any normal relationship that we know. God has shown his love to us. The Bible says in that well we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. When we didn't care about him, he died for us. So Jonathan, an early picture of Jesus, loved David and gave him everything he had and made a covenant and a sacred agreement to be dedicated to David and to David's offspring forever. And so more than any other Bible character, Jonathan behaved like Jesus. In the New Testament, the Apostle John called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. They had a special bond. And when he was trying to describe what it was like to be with Jesus, he finally put it this way, God is love. He is love. The definition of who God is, is the definition of love. That God so loved the world, it says that he sent his son. Jesus came with salvation in heart and gave himself for every man, every woman, every child. And in the fullness of that rich love, he has loved us the best that we have ever known. Sometimes I can't believe that he loves me as much as he does. I look in the mirror and I say, why does God love you? But he does. It's the greatest love I have ever known. My love, my goal, is to love him back. Give him everything I have. To make a covenant with him. I promise to serve him forever. David was a blessed man to ever find a friend like Jonathan. May we love Jesus because he first loved us. So I ask you this morning, is your soul knitted to anybody else? Is there someone that you love as much as you love yourself? Is there someone... That you want to be blessed even if they take your blessing. Is there someone that you love more than any other person? My friends, Jesus loves you. He's given himself for you. And he has made a covenant with you already. He's agreed to forgive all your sins. In a covenant written in his own blood. He is the lover of your soul. Do you love him? Will you give him your all? I will pray that we will learn to love Jesus. With all our heart. With all our mind. With all our soul. And all our strength. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for the example of these two who were knitted together. And of Jonathan who took off his clothes and gave them to David. And we thank you that on the cross 
and took off your clothes for us and took a lowly place and died in a covenant as you promised to love us forever. Thank you, Lord. And we are amazed and overwhelmed at it and afraid that we can't live up to it, but we want to. We want to do our best. So help us to learn to love you the way that you love us. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. In closing, I'd like you to turn your hymn book, hymn number 187. Hymn number 187, standing as we sing, My Jesus, I love thee. Standing as we sing, 187, My Jesus, I love thee. Page 187.
We just pray that our hearts would be ready to see that great sacrifice that you have made for us, to feel and know a deeper love than anything we have seen here with our normal human relationships, but as something deeper and more spiritual, something that connects the Spirit of God with man. We can only know it if we know you. And so I pray that you would touch the hearts of every person in this place. Come down with your spirit and open up our hearts to see. Yes, we are sinners. And yes, we need you. We pray that we would believe and know that the greatest love that has ever been shown to mankind come from God, Jesus Christ, here on the, on the cross. And that greatest love brings us the opportunity, if we but believe, to bring us to heaven. To sing about your love, even someday when we're standing in heaven with a glittering crown on our head, because of that crown of thorns that you wore. We just pray that you would speak to our hearts, touch us, be with us. Do not let us forget, as we walk away from this place, bring us back safely, that our hearts may worship again in this place. We are thankful for all that we have. We ask for your help and protection in your name.